dream. Almost like a premonition. That there's an attack coming. My lord, this world will fall. I need warriors. I'm building an alliance to defend ourselves. How do you know your team's strong enough? If you can't bring down the charging bull, then don't wave the red cape at it. Welcome. I'm Andrew Dice. And I'm Stephen Colbert. And this is Zack Snyder's Justice League by the minute. The first official episode based on the content of the movie itself. This is our first reactions because Stephen, both you and I have seen Zack Snyder's Justice League. <sighs> yes, we have. It is 2021. The Snyder Cut exists. And we can confirm because we have seen it. Listeners to our previous podcast, Batman v Superman by the Minute, know uh, we intend to dissect the movie minute by minute. But let's be honest here. We were both fortunate enough to see the movie just days before it is released to the world. And we know that our listeners and fans will want to hear our thoughts on the movie having seen it without spoilers, spoiler free, review only. Uh, and obviously, it should go without saying a much shorter conversation than we will ultimately end up talking about this movie. I've even gotten some DMs already from people who just kind of assumed <laughs> we had screeners that wanted to know. They're like, don't spoil it, but give me your reaction. I was like, ah. Uh. This is going to be a discussion of the movie. We don't want to ruin this for anybody. So absolutely no spoilers. And Stephen, you've seen the movie once. Yes, I have. Okay. I will say I've seen the movie several more times. <laughs> <laughs> excruciatingly unable to talk about it with you but now that you have we finally can so let's begin all right you are i mean this is your official first reaction first first reaction yeah i've had a couple hours and i have small conversations but i've been holding a lot of it in to i, mean, I messaged you earlier and was like can we we're gonna talk about this now right like or do i need to like main like what do, what do i do with this energy <laughs> and man i don't know how you did it for i mean i do know because you you would be like did you see it yet can I tell you how this worked? It's not it's not really a spoiler, but it kind of is. But I'll, can I tell you? <laughs> okay, no spoilers. Um, and I know we're going to avoid this as much as possible later on, but it's hard to talk about outside of the context what we have seen of this project in the past. Right. I think this is the place to get that out of our system. Okay. First question. Did you like it? Yes. Yes. Did you love it? Yes. I also liked it and loved it. So, so you would say restore the Snyderverse. I'll, I'll start by saying this. I was the person who, when the theatrical cut came out and I was devastated by it, I felt more strongly towards Zack Snyder and the filmmakers and cast than I did towards the movie. I didn't have rage. I didn't have anything like that. I remember saying, and I said it not long after, to Warner Brothers PR when discussing the whole release the Snyder cut, people angry about it. I think what people wanted was the movie that they were sold in discussions and in marketing, because that was different than what they got. And honestly, all I really want is to just know what story Zach wanted to tell. Mm -hmm. Show me whatever the assembly cut is. I don't care what form it's in. I, I don't care if there is, you can put in, you know, a, a full page screen of, of text <laughs> that yeah. says in this next sequence, this would have happened. It's like, great. I just want to know what happened. And in instead I get a ridiculously ambitious four hour long synthesis of Zack Snyder's entire filmography in different ways. I don't know if there is a, a Zack Snyder movie period or B 
part of a Zack Snyder movie that I liked that isn't somehow represented in Justice League. Yeah, I think probably the fairest way to say it is I'm pretty sure everybody that sees this is going to be surprised in one way or another what they were expecting versus what they get. You in a more personal level, right? Yeah, or everybody thinks they've got it figured out, right? The the people that hate it think that it's just going to be this grim trudge with cliched, and then like the hardcore fans think it's going to be epically dark, super edgy, hardcore, R-rated Batman cussing. Bloody. And I've pieced together the still frames that Zach has shared, so I know what he was referencing. And Yeah, maybe this isn't the best way to sell the movie necessarily, but the crazy thing that I've, I've kind of come to realize about it is that this is the movie that Warner Brothers hired Joss Whedon to make. Like, maybe, maybe that sounds like it sounds weird to say that, but like, this is, this is, it, it was colorful. It was way funnier. It's shocking to me how funny it was and like legitimately funny. Not like comedic. You don't mean joke filled. Before all of this drama and rewrites and realignment, Debbie Snyder said, look, BVS is our Empire Strikes Back. It's going to be darker. But Justice League, just by its nature, by the inclusion of characters like The Flash, is going to be lighter and it's going to be funnier. And and wow, was that true. And I think Zack Snyder was kind of trolling or or maybe trying to set expectations to in his favor by talking about how dark it was going to be and how um and how there's not many jokes because comedy landed better than um than with Whedon and um and Aquaman's one-liners and even Cyborg had some of all the people that you would not expect to have one-liners in this based on the way the character is marketed Cyborg had some phenomenal one-liners and that's the highlight you know it's not not a joke-filled romp by any stretch but I would say it's definitely Snyder's funniest like overtly haha funny movies how crazy is it that the best Whedon the best jokes from the Whedon cut were just butchered Snyder jokes and 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 not not like they reshot it and butchered it stuff that Snyder shot like wrote and shot that was just poorly edited <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> not to put it all on the comedy because it's clearly an r-rated movie it's it's got heavy moments it's a sequel to bvs which i think is what everyone really wanted that's a really clean way to say it is it is it, it delivers on the things that you want in a bvs sequel in a lot of significant ways the things that I like about it that are present in Snyder's treatment of these characters and kind of this world that he's created for them to live inside of, the undercurrent of it is stronger than what it looks like. It's stronger than where it is in this world. And I think that's a credit to to him and Chris Terrio and the cast and the entire crew. The theatrical cut did not feel like the same world that those previous movies were set yeah. in. The comedy was a big part of it and just odd bits of, of dialogue that were the biggest thing for me is in Man of Steel, you show me the first five minutes of that movie, I know what it is about. And if you show me the first five minutes of Batman v Superman, or I guess the first five minutes of both sides <laughs> of that story, yeah. and I have a pretty good idea of what this movie is about, what it, what it is, capital A, um, the theatrical cut of Justice League, it didn't know. Um, I think that it took out the parts that, that would have signaled that because only the person that created it is going to know what is sending that message and, and what isn't because it, only they know what the message is. One of the most interesting parts of a conversation that I have almost no interest in having is comparing these two movies yeah. <laughs> in how it misunderstood what it was about and what it was trying to do. And I think seeing Zack Snyder take a, a, a good amount of the same material, you know, that, that he did make it into the theatrical cut of his but also seeing how what was removed and what is now back here restored, it is impossible to miss what this movie is about. 
It is about myth-making, and it is about the relationship of people to gods and how that, how that we, we've seen gods trying to be people, and now we are seeing people being made into gods. And it is a, I, 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 it's not dense, it is the thing. It is just very big. Yeah. And maybe that's the aspect ratio that I'm talking about now. <laughs> maybe. But I think it's a really good point. Is it? Is it felt less heady isn't the right word. It didn't feel as I was watching it like there, I don't want to say there's not as much to chew on, but if you're going to compare, like it's so hard to compare because BVS and Man of Steel even are so different. Epic kind of alien first encounter invasion shot by Amir Mokri with this like really esoteric kind of photography in some spots. And then BVS is this dark, brooding, heavy sociopolitical drama shot by Larry Fong, right, with the dark cinematography. And then this is like something something totally different even from that. And so it's it's so hard to to even compare. But the craziest thing is that it is it is the most jam-packed four hour movie I've ever seen that feels like a two and a half hour movie. Yeah. It's it's it is it is there is more in this than there is in like a typical season of Game of Thrones. Like literally speaking of like action sequences, big yeah. scale stuff, but it doesn't feel overstuffed at the same time. Like the plot is moving fast. There's just a lot it's, of it. It's crazy how fast it moves, but it's also not like too fast. I don't know. It's 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 a very unique, fairly, the closest thing I could compare it to would be like one of the Lord of the Rings movies. Zack Snyder unequivocally had the opportunity and took it to take his time. Oh yeah, because when we move into the third act of the movie, you know this is a third act of an action of an, a big action superhero adventure movie. It is moving at the pace that you want it to. There is very much a sense of Zack Snyder catalog, beginning with Watchmen. It is ruminating, I think would be the word for it, really contemplating what happened in the last movie. Where is everybody? How would the world respond to the death of Superman? That is a big question, and I would want <laughs> – like if Zack Snyder said, uh, you know, I have five hours I can show you of that. <laughs> the timing is right, but but also if it is five hours that you as, uh, as an artist and a filmmaker think has significance, sure, yeah. Yeah. Show it to me, um, especially when it is – Put together and and scored by by Junkie XL, and there are uh, licensed tracks in addition. That yeah, I think there's more. I was trying. I'm trying to think back now because were, were there any needle drops in BVS and Man of Steel? Uh, well, not unless you included the um, night and day. Yeah, true. But that was like that was <laughs> that was um, in universe music though. The the amount of like of music is uh was was surprising but it but it was every single choice was was great but also once again though you have that um there there are songs it, it's got that that tone of like there are people in the movie that sing songs uh, maybe it's a weird thing to call out but like you don't really get that outside of like a high fantasy sort of movie where where they're comfortable just having someone sing a song or <laughs> recite a poem or something like that. It's like a, it's, and that is a, it's a perfect example is if you have a character in a movie sing a song and the movie stops for it. That's the kind of thing that if you are looking at runtime or you are not the person who conceived of that scene or that sequence or are the person who is trying to say something with it. Any other one, any other person will say, we can just take that out yeah. because this is just here for time where I would like to think, I would really like to think that when a filmmaker is really going for something, 
and trying to say something, most movie fans, like people who like film, will say, let me see it. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you're trying to say something, even if I don't like it, or even if I have trouble understanding what you're going for, don't deprive me what your best effort is. Uh, because if it is at best unclear, maybe that is what sticks with you. <laughs> you know, that you leave, that's when you leave the theater thinking, what were they trying to say with that? Yeah. Because it was obviously so soaked in, in meaning. That is a fantastic point to bring up that the aspect ratio chosen here, going into it, I was of the mindset of, it's, it's people kind of got snarky or um, different for different sake, but I was mainly just curious. Like I didn't know why you would change an aspect ratio to what it is filmed at and then cut anamorphic. It's, it's either stretched or you just remove the excess for a, for a 16 by nine. I realized kind of as it started off or as I was preparing to watch the movie that the 16 by nine in that it is kind of all arbitrary. The, the reason that 16 by nine is like the size that TVs are is because it is a happy medium between four, exactly. three and the, whatever the ultra wide is. And so literally yeah, the ultra panoramic content just started targeting 16 by nine to fill the whole square. And now people have come to expect the whole square to be filled as if that is the, the golden ratio or something, which is really not the reason it's that size at all. The shot composition that is made possible with this aspect ratio. Not only is that see, and you uh, you cut what ninety percent of me talking about the aspect ratio in the trailer breakdowns. So, <laughs> so well, here, <laughs> seeing it, seeing it, Stephen, infinitely more interesting than hearing you talk this about it. This is true. This is always because true. not only was it oh okay, this is why you yeah, this is how you see this in your head. You couldn't cut this. You need to show this. You are using every every inch here, and these are really. It looks different. It feels different. And if that's the point, then I get it. But on top of that, this is some of the most just beautiful filmmaking that that Snyder has done. And not in terms of fantastical or explosions of CG, but flat out framing of people, Mm -hmm. places and things is just repeat repetitively uh, breathtaking and just knee slapping of like, are you? Yeah. It is hard to talk about. Now you're allowed it is hard to, I guess, to talk yeah. about it like in audio form. But it was something he referenced specifically about the the ratio is the framing of people and poses. And that's we I know we mentioned this in our trailer breakdowns even that he's and I had a discussion with someone about why not his widescreen and I said, Well you can you can frame people and so you get like the waist to head with like a tight shot this way. And and they said, Well yeah, but you can just zoom out then on the widescreen. It's like, yeah, but then you got all this space on the sides, you have a, a person can dominate the frame in a what is essentially a close-up shot, yet you have their entire torso and head in the shot, which n- that tight of a shot in widescreen would be like their head. Yeah. <laughs> um, you you can take a character and they can make the this, this shot about them and not about what's going on in the outside or motion or... It, like if a person walks up to you and you picture yourself looking at them suddenly appearing in front of you, you are seeing that person from probably chest to the top of their head. Mm-hmm. The three feet on either side of them is not what you're looking at. You, sh- you can technically see it. Mm-hmm. But that's not what you're looking at. Yeah. I'll say this. Never at any point during the movie ever, not even for a second, did I notice the black bars on both sides. Yeah, exactly. I think it's one of those things that people will complain about online and they'll be aware of like when they when they pull up the movie 
oh, how do I get rid of the black bars or whatever. But the second you actually start watching it, you don't notice at all. I actually, I bought a, I bought a projector like specifically for this movie, specifically because of the, um, the aspect ratio, because I was like, you know what? It looks fine on my TV, but man, what an opportunity to, to do something a little bit bigger. And, um, man, what a, what a great decision that was. This looked amazing blown up on my, on my wall. It is excellent. Not that this was invented in Mad Max Fury Road or by George Miller. It is one of those things that people start talking about center framing. Yeah. Yep. And if you've ever seen the video for from Mad Max that was like viral <laughs> for a while that it's one of those things where people make a big deal out of it. And then all of a sudden, all the, the cinephiles are like, ooh, center framing. It's center frame because it's like the buzzword. Crosshairs on their nose, right? Crosshairs on their nose. Yeah, exactly. The idea was that the action is always directly in the center of the screen. Your eyes don't need to track the action. The camera tracks it yep. for you. Sure, there might be stuff happening on the outside of the screen, but it never distracts from the point of impact or the point of action. And so what's crazy about this, about the 4.3, is it literally just cuts off the non-action. And, give, and, and Snyder always, his action is both it is center framed and he doesn't use often even edits at all because he finds an angle that can capture a whole sequence or and so when you have that combination and you remove the superfluous detail from the outside not only is it center framed now but is the action occupies the screen and it's it's such a unique a unique thing and you don't your eyes you don't need to worry about weeding out superfluous details around the outside or all this other stuff going on because it's just what you see is what you need what you're supposed to see that's a technical aspect of it the music we've heard enough of it going into the movie to know it was going to be fantastic but but the choices probably subtle to the point of people maybe not noticing them Mm -hmm. and then like strong enough that they will jump out for people who are watching for that well, kind of the frequency thing. with which the um the the chosen music like the non-junkie stuff was like plot like the lyrics were plot related was always touching sometimes that can be a little cliche when that type of thing is done but i never really found a moment in this where i was like oh really you're gonna choose you use that of course because they say that one word at that spot yeah i found it all very very appropriate and and it's crazy how we've been waiting for this movie for what f- i mean five years since bbs came out but i mean really you know four years since it was supposed to come out we thought we knew what it was going to be and for it to be this much of a surprise a pleasant surprise i think um it's hard to even say it how it compares to expectations because it's it transcends expectations i came out of it having a very loose loose grasp on what i even expected going yeah and i I don't know if i could describe that to you either i come out and i I think i say you know what i'm not sure what i expected now because it definitely wasn't this but i'm not i don't feel i can't say it met exceeded or didn't meet expectations. They just said, oh yeah, you might have expected something else, but here's here's what you're actually getting. And I was like, cool, finally. So, so that's the... So Zack Snyder pulled off the DCEU three-peat of doing that with all three yeah. of the movies that he did. Yeah, exactly. Of me walking out of seeing it going, well, I got, a th- I got a lot to think about. As a rule, even as someone who is so passionate about Zack Snyder's movies, I can't have settled thoughts on them after a first viewing. Yeah. <laughs> and and BBS was the same way. I saw it and I was like, I don't know. Once again, I don't know what I expected. Everyone's going to ask how you rank your DCEU movies or specifically the Snyder DCEU. You've got three basically different genres, tones, different cinematographers. Like it's not I think I think they're yeah. defying like Snyder is like daring you to even try to rank them. And I don't think it's it's it, it, it doesn't do justice to any of them. Sure, you might have a favorite one. But it, it it benefits nobody to to place Man of Steel or BVS or Justice League on a scale outside of just general personal enjoyment. Ask me which one I want to watch right now is the closest I could get to it yeah. on a given day. I have seen the movie more times, and not to be a jerk, 
but some of your first thoughts about Justice League, I was kind of like, <laughs> I remember when I used to see things your way. <laughs> two days ago. Yeah, two days ago, and, and how many viewings. <laughs> it, it does take time. I think that that is the... That's the best well, compliment that I can give to any movie, and I always give it to Zack Snyder's movies. Is like I need time to I need time to let that mellow and let like let the the high highs the rest of it begins to fall away a little bit. That sometimes those highs end up being things that I didn't even know were going to stick with me when I when I saw it the first well, time. And that's the, what's so been so beautiful about doing BVS by the minute with you is the things that we are so excited about are things that I don't even know I, if I noticed on my first exactly. viewings of the movie. And now we're like super excited about how Alfred is dressed or <laughs> horses. And <laughs> not that that's, you know, those are like the most important things, but just that these movies are designed to be consumed in that way and consumed maybe is even the wrong word because it makes it sound like a, a product but i mean it's designed to be absorbed and and to be contemplated and examined and yeah you know someone should really break this down <laughs> by the minute i think what is really what needs to happen uh, at some point we have to move into closing thoughts because we, we can't yeah. <laughs> spoil it uh i'll i'll say to anyone who is excited to see this you have every right to be i i don't think the movie would disappoint someone who is who is looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, this is probably Zack Snyder's most accessible movie. On the first viewing, for sure. Yeah, of the complaints that he's gotten about, specifically about his superhero movies, but about any of his movies, period. I, I believe that people, and it's, it's a little bit frustrating even to say this, because what people I think are going to say is, he finally learned, right? <laughs> or they're going to, this is part three of a story. This was always going to be part three of this story. Once you got all the controversial choices out of the way in the first and second chapters, the third, you finally realized to just continue those plots. No, yeah. that's how it works. Maybe the story, <laughs> the story arc just finally got to the point that you were trying to get him to jump the gun to get to. Instantly renders the theatrical cut just non-existent. I mean, outside of runtime, I'd say this one checks all the boxes that anybody would want out of a Justice League movie. The worst case scenario, you'll just have to watch it in two sittings instead of one. The Joss Whedon version offers absolutely nothing that this doesn't do better. And I mean yep. that from color, from humor, superhero moments, moments that yeah. people that people want, Superman smiling in dumb stuff <laughs> like that. Um or I shouldn't even say dumb, because I mean, the smiles in this are like a key part of his character, I would even say. Like when he smiles, it's like, you know that it means something. Yeah, there's joy. And and it means something because it didn't happen as much in, in BBS. Uh, we don't have to go in, in depth on it, especially now for spoiling. But um, if I had to point out one part of the movie explicitly that my feelings changed most drastically on, it would be Steppenwolf. Like on multiple viewings, you're saying? Uh, from from the theatrical, where it was a oh, yeah. laughable attempt at a villain to a villain that I think every villain could learn many things from. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's some points to be made for some other characters. I guess if we're talking about like non-spoiler thoughts, the last thing to, to slip in there, Cyborg, as promised, the heart of the movie, and knowing that this was the plan and changing it is just, I don't. We, we will never understand. No, we don't have to. They did what they did, but people will understand what Ray Fisher has been talking about. My interest in dissecting this the way that you and I have done with Batman v Superman, if that was at, I'll say, six or seven after seeing it for the first time, on repeat viewings, it has 
skyrocketed, you know, into the twenties. Oh wow! So I, I've, yeah. I've got to admit, as I was watching it the first time, things would happen on screen, and I would have to look down at my runtime on the <laughs> and to be like, did that like like the chapter titles where they'd pop up? I'd look down to be like, is that is that on the minute? Is that <laughs> having now that we've both seen it? I think we are going to be quickly revisiting our schedule for how best to start dissecting this movie for people to listen to. Yeah. Not in terms of reacting because things aren't going away that we thought they would, but because there is more in how to look at this than I think either of us expected going into it. Yeah. I think that the thing with, with Batman v Superman by the minute, we had the benefit of having talked about the movie for three years before we started breaking it down by the minute and with this one as of the time that we're recording this it hasn't even released yet i think especially after seeing it it doesn't make sense to jump immediately into minute one and just start kind of blindly going minute by minute without some more macro discussions you know and i think our for the sake of our listeners also like not only for our own understanding of the movie but also i think our listeners probably would like to know what we think about the ending prior to the minute by minute breakdown to give a um, uh, a little bit zoomed out, bigger picture analysis. To people listening, we did want to get our first reactions out there so that the listeners of ours who were eager to know what we thought of both like the quality of the movie and the potential for us to just lose our minds in talking about it, very much intact, very much there we can confirm. And I'm I'm super excited to see people watching this movie. Having the ability to watch this and then rewatch it. That's, yeah, the fact that it, I wish that we could see it in IMAX, you know, and I wish we could all see it together. Be, like after BBS came out that with so many people, it was like, can you just watch it again? Just <laughs> watch it again before you get to these conclusions. And I'm hoping that the fact that it's such a big, go, it's going to be a big talking point. It's going to be a, a click away for everyone to just rewatch. And I'm so excited that hopefully, you know, a lot of people are going to go on that journey with us. They will be able to take that journey by sticking to Justice League by the minute, saying subscribed in your podcast app uh, on Twitter at JL by the minute, SnyderMinute.com, as we also reveal our plans, our ongoing plans for BVS by the minute. And for anyone who, who is supporting the podcast or, or who wants to get in on some of the bonus stuff that we're going to be doing for, for both Batman v Superman and Justice League now going forward, uh, you can support us at patreon.com slash SnyderMinute. If, if our previous bonus episode of talking for one hour about Granny's Peach Tea is any indication, then... This movie's going to offer a lot of <laughs> points to really get into the yes. weeds about. I know we will have another update before the actual Snyder Cut drops for everyone to see that will probably lay out some of the plans that we do end up deciding on. So until then, we have only scratched the surface. He said the age of heroes will never come again. We live in a society 